0: Just um, for a moment before we take a moment, and we will pray. We'll end the service tonight. We'll have uh, the young men over here in some chairs, and the ladies over here, asking their parents together around them, asking you as a church together around, and we'll close the night. Um, we will praying with them, and then singing one more song. Uh, but I gave them a shirt before we started um, the, tonight, and on the shirt it said these words: It says, "Truth is um, immortal." And uh, Miss Kristen, she drew that for me some years ago. And it's a quote by Hubmeyer. And this group of teenagers would have spent a good bit of time in the Pearson's basement. We call it the hub because it sounds better than the Pearson's basement, I guess, all right? When we, inv- when we all gather and we'd have expound where we'd talk a- about a topic at night on Friday nights for just different reasons. And we call it the hub, short for Hubmeyer. And a, a man, uh, whom and his wife, they, were- they died as martyrs. He wrote a book, one Grant, called On Heretics and Those Who Burn Them. What a title, right? On Heretics and Those That Burn Them. Doesn't uh, it just warm your heart, all right? And so he's, um, and he said in that book, he says, It's apparent to everyone, even the blind, that the law which demands the burning of heretics is the invention of the devil. And following this statement, Hubmeyer penned a declaration that would characterize his life and his writing. And he says, Truth is... Um, immortal. He saw baptism as an essential part of the Christian life but insisted that unfaith alone could justify and the practice of baptism had no spiritual power to save us. You've been taught that your entire life. You've been taught that by your parents. You've been taught that here that baptism is not saving uh, but it's an outward expression of what God has done in the the heart. Well he and his wife um, it cost them their life to hold on to that conviction and to live by that And we follow a long history of people that it costs them something to live out their convictions. And we should not expect that no matter what time in world history we live in or what country we live in, that the convictions that God's Word has given you won't at times require you to make a decision to either live them out and pay the consequence that the world would have or to compromise. And Hubmeyer, being a person to read after him, because there's a person uh, that did not do right, But then in the shame he repented, and he stood for truth, and it cost him and his wife uh, their life. So some of you are wondering, why such a heavy story on such a happy night? Night. That was like, that really took some minor tones. keys there for a second, uh, didn't. And so this is the reason, is this, is that we don't know where all God will take um, our young people. Uh, We entrust them unto the Lord. I tell the young people, as I'll tell them next week at camp, my prayer for them is that they will be lifelong, joyful disciple-makers. That they will be joyful disciple-makers. I could say more words, but if I'm going to sum it up in one statement, I'm going to say joyful disciple-makers. Because what we know from Christ is we it ought to make us joyful people. As what we know by following Jesus, we are disciples of Him. And in following Him, we ought to make disciples of others. And we heard that in testimony of the night, an examples uh, being given. And so not knowing where they're going to go and where God is going to use them, but we do know that they're going into a world that is increasingly less tolerant of the truth. The five of you are headed into a world that is increasingly less tolerant of the truth. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But continue thou in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learn them. It reminds you here not only what you have learned, but you take time and you remember who taught them to you. And it does matter who teaches you the Word of God as you see their manner of life. As Josh gives testimony of his mom and dad and the the way in which they have lived out the principles, we get taught principles as a kid and then we want to know do they work and we want to see them lived out. And so we're reminded of it. And as a church, we continue to grow to be a church. We should pray that we continue to grow to be a church who is committed to discipling our teenagers. And we have been blessed. We used to have, more often, uh, student-driven services. And it would be good to have more of those, but people have asked, you know, why we don't have more of them. And if I'll say, if you notice on any given service, I am typically the oldest person who comes up here at the age age of 40 years old. I'm usually the oldest one to come up here. Most of our services are student-driven in some place um, throughout the service, and we're grateful uh, for that even for the teenagers that run the sound in the very back, like my son. All right, I hate that, chair. All right. And so continue to be a church that disciples teenagers. And what does that mean is continuing means that you embrace them as your own. If you're going to continue in the things that you're taught, that means that you take ownership of them, you embrace them. And so being assured of them states what has happened in your heart. So continuing means that they become your own that you live out the same convictions, the ones that you live by, the things like salvation, um, is uh, we only are saved by by faith, the things that you have been taught, as seen with Hubmeyer here. But then when it says assured of, that means that it happened in your heart that you believe them to be true. You have made that decision. And so you can be convinced that there's some non-negotiables in life. And when the generation ahead of you dies off, the truth will stand. It's immortal. When the people that have taught you the truth die, the truth will stand and it will continue. And when everybody else is less and less tolerant towards it and the world wants to kill truth and the world wants to change the truth, it's still going to live. It is immortal. And so when everyone denies you should stand, you should say you should choose this day whom you will serve and decide it will be him. If you haven't before this night, I pray that you will at this time purpose in your heart. And so 2 Thessalonians 3.5, my last verse for you, is my prayer that I'm going to pray for you when we gather around um, shortly. And this verse says in 2 Thessalonians 3.5, it says, And the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting for Christ, that the Lord would direct your heart into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Some ways, all of you have come a long ways in your particular journey, but in other ways, you're just beginning. In many ways, you're just beginning. We give the parents a book um, on parent and child dedication days called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And in that book, it speaks about the responsibilities to help shepherd your heart. And uh, they've done that, and you've given testimony of it. He'll direct, and now we're praying here tonight, that as they have done, that you will allow the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to continue to direct your heart, to shepherd your heart into the love of God and to the patient waiting. So first of all, directing your heart into the love of God. I wish I could remember all the words that were sung just previously. What a great song that talked about um, our love for the Lord. And you remember as believers, we're not only people who obey Jesus, we are people that do so joyfully. We don't just obey Jesus, we love Jesus. Because he first loved us. He first loved us, and he was demonstrated to us on the cross, and then we learned about it from God's word, and our response to his love for us is that we love him. And how do we demonstrate our love to him? We obey his commandments gladly and joyfully and thankfully because they are from our creator, and he knows how we are to live out our lives. So I want to remind you of that. And all the learning of the things that you should do and, and shouldn't do, and and be here and don't do that, and there's a whole lot of that in childhood of do this and don't do that. But don't forget, we do these things because we love Him, and uh, it is the work of the Holy Spirit that will guide your hearts towards the things of God. This idea is a clearly way; it clears the ways the obstacles in your hearts towards loving God and steadfastly enduring trials. And without Him, our hearts would gravitate toward the things of self. And this world. And so I pray that he continues to direct you in the love of God. Today, super proud of the five of them and where they're at. But I told them before we met, and I will remind them as I would remain every teenager, when the time in life comes, if you, are, you find yourself at a place and you're not proud of the decisions, that you haven't been directed towards the love of God, that you feel like you've been living in rebellion, and it's a Saturday night, and you wonder, will this place love you on Sunday morning? This is still your home. Because Jesus Christ, he loved you. And he died for you. And you need to know that. It's important to me. When Satan gets you into an identity crisis and he tries to tell you, you don't belong with God's people and you're a hypocrite for being there, I remind you, you're never a hypocrite when you're among your family because you're a child of God as a believer. We're hypocrites when we live in sin. And so that's what you say. You say, I can't be here anymore. I'm a hypocrite. I have to leave the place. I have to leave the party. I have to get back to God's people because that's who you truly are. Your real identity as his children. And then so directed into the love of God and then towards direct you in how to respond to resistance in the world. And that's what we're saying, that the world is less and less tolerant to those that hold on to the truth. So meditation on the love of God and patient endurance in Christ motivates us Christians to obey his word and endure trials patiently. When we face pressure the compromise, we follow the example of Christ in suffering Many times in your life, your next step in following Jesus will be to follow Him in the suffering. Just because the next step is a hard one doesn't mean it may not be the step that Jesus is calling you to. And He is worthy of following in the success. He's also worthy of following in the suffering. He went outside the camp for us, and when we suffer, we are joining with Him which means there's times in life where you're going to have to say no to a promotion. There's going to be times that you have to say no to an opportunity. There's going to have to be times that you say, I'm going to make this a priority for my family, and you're going to be misunderstood by this world, and following Jesus will bring suffering, but it's most certainly worth it. And so here's some practical areas. So I'm not just speaking in some kind of abstract way about that. First of all, trust God with what he says about marriage. Marry believing people. That's what God would have for you. That has to be a non-negotiable. You marry people. My wife doesn't appreciate Kentucky basketball, and we've got over that, okay? Through the years, we've got over that. It was not a big deal, all right? Came to Georgia. They don't even watch basketball here, okay? I've got over that. But she had to love Jesus or it would just never work. And we both love Jesus, and it's still hard, all right? <laughs> you know, and it's, just, it's hard because uh, and sometimes I stop. I love myself too much, my selfishness. But Jesus told me that's the way of marriage, and so I trust him in that. It's a non-negotiable. That's what you do. And so in your relationships in life, you just don't entertain those uh, people who aren't real believers born again, loving Jesus type people. That's what God has for you. And until you've met that person, then you haven't met what God's will and best is for you. Protect your Sundays. Start off for a week with God's people and around his word. Wherever you're at in the world, get with people and worship on Sundays and protect that time. It can't be for sale. Proverbs 23:23. buy the truth and sell it not. That's one truth that you just don't allow anybody to ever move on you. You find yourself in a place or a city and there isn't a group of people meeting, you start the church, all right? We'll send John and Romans to get you started, all right? Uh, we will help you, but always meet with God's people, and it's off limits, it's non-negotiable. And regardless of what suffering may come your way, you don't let that be changed. Commit yourself to a church. It isn't just the place we attend, but it's a family to which we belong. Commit yourself to a church wherever you're at and use your gifts to minister to those people and receive what they would have, the accountability they provide for you, accountability for them, and using your gifts together. And all God's people in the front row said, amen. Good, all right. All right, fight for joy in your life. It's not only possible but reasonable for the child of God. Reject the cynical, hateful worldview That is common. Everybody is cynical and everybody is just so hateful. It's okay to be joyful. It's okay to be happy. There's times that we're not going to be. The Bible doesn't tell us that we're always going to have a a happiness that appears to be the same way, but there can be a, a peace and a rest and a joy that is always there that should never be taken away from you and never settle for less. When you live in those seasons and you're going to be there, allow it to be an indicator light. Probably like on a lot of your cars, right? All those, those those things, right, we ignore. Allow the unhappiness to be an indicator of life that you need to get your relationship right with Him and allow the peace and joy that He gives to us. And as a child of God, next here, recognize the Bible as the Word of God. It never needs changing the way off, we often do. The Word of God is perfect and inerrant. It is His words for us. Don't allow that. That is a hill worth dying on. Reference Sunday morning's message, all right? As a child of God, when you're away from God or living in sin, where you could be a hypocrite, not here and among God's people. As a child of God, when you're away from God or living in sin, um, that is where you're a hypocrite, not here and among God's people. Next, God can be trusted in every area of your life. Finances will always be one of the easiest areas of your life to look and see if you're trusting Him. Look at your life and ask yourself, are you trusting the Lord? And there's ways in which you can do that. And that's why this morning... My brother-in-law, Stephen, spoke about, when's the last time you gave something you gave cheerfully? We give cheerfully when we realize we're doing something spiritual. And what we're saying is, God, I'm trusting you. And when things get harder and more challenging for you, the more sweeter demonstrating your trust towards him can be. And then lastly, you should commit what you have learned to those coming behind you. It is God's plan. If you do not have time for others... You not only need a change of your schedule, but you need a change of priorities in your life. There's always God's living according to God's design for your life will always allow you room and margin to care for other people. And there'll be seasons where you get busy and there isn't much room for other people, and you'll work through those seasons. But as soon as you do, you need to work and make room for other people. It's the most joyful life. It's the way he's created you. So don't allow yourself to get so caught up and just the things that you're pursuing in your career, or even being focused just on the things of your life without any room for other people. And so we may agree with these today, and maybe you won't in a few years, but I pray uh, that you do, because I want you to remember that these truths of God's Word are immortal. So I pray that the Lord will direct your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting for Christ. I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to lead, lead you, towards a greater love for him, and then he will lead you when following Jesus may require suffering because this heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will stand. It is immortal. And so that's what we have tethered and tied our lives to, and it can be trusted. Very proud of all five of you.